You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. More murder. More murder. Coming right up. <laughs> oh, dive in. Dive in right in, honestly. And cause... tomorrow's episode is about murder as well. <laughs> yeah. What a lot of uh, murder this week. Um, it's not it's, funny at all. Sorry. No, it's not uh, funny, but we are nurses off. and laugh at inappropriate things. So that's how that works. Let me scroll down to where we are. It's still on the same old Google Doc. Yep. Right there. <laughs> I wrote an essay. <laughs> yeah, Hannah has written on, honestly like an entire book. Um, and she's a deer and is the one taking notes on all these episodes because I do nothing but school now. So I like Emily I literally just full-time like work, full-time school and running a podcast. podcast. <laughs> I like doing two episodes a week. So yeah. So I just stopped um, listening to one of my lectures, but it was really interesting. This is a total side note that we're learning about like proteins this week. Um, but with that, we're learning about like disorders of metabolism. So like phenylketonuria, like a PKU. And then oh, like we learned yeah. about like maple syrup urine disease, um, which are like two things that we test for in the NICU. And I've done a million and a half uh, newborn screens in my life, um, as all NICU nurses have. So that's it's really cool that it like all ties together. Um, yeah. And like learning the details of that stuff. I mean, I feel like I didn't really know what PKU I don't know much was. About it. Like, I just knew that we tested for it, but, like, exactly. never really learned what it is. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, learning so much Cause all like, the time. Whenever I'm telling the parents, oh, yeah, I'm just drawing their PKU. It's, it's a newborn screen. All babies get it. It tests for a variety of genetic disorders. It's kind of like the yeah. spiel. Exactly. But it'd be nice to know a little bit more. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll tell you I won't um, go into that in this yeah. podcast because I'm sure no one gives a shit. But <laughs> if you give a shit, let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know, and I will like tell you all the things I'm learning. I'm happy to. <laughs> it's <laughs> really exciting for me, but yeah, that is cool. um, not everyone cares about bio nutritional biochemistry. So. <laughs> Most Nerd. <people. laughs> yeah, totally nerding out. Um. Okay, back to the topic at hand. Uh, fucking Jeff. I wrote a lot of notes for five, and not as many for six. Because six. I, I couldn't like emotionally, um, like actually watch it. I had it six on in the background ruined. and kind of just like. No, um, I wouldn't be able to watch yeah. that episode again. That one ruined me. Um. Yeah, I cried so much the first time. I was like, I don't want to cry again. I'm just not feeling it today. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you need a good cry, a good release, like (laughs) episode six, but it's really depressing. So, really, Um, really but we'll start with episode five, which is like, I mean, equally as fucking ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it starts yeah. out in 1987 in Milwaukee. So he's working. I think at this point he's working at the chocolate factory in the break room. He's smoking. I can't, but he works at a chocolate factory. <laughs> Jeffrey in the chocolate factory. <laughs> this guy had a million jobs. I will say that. Yeah. Couldn't keep a fucking job, obviously. Um, but keeps getting hired somehow. Um, he sees like a boy's obituary in the newspaper and he's like intrigued and he decides to go to the wake and funeral and then he decides to dig up the body, um, which was unsuccessful because the ground was frozen. But it's mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth between like 18- 1987 and, and uh, him like going through this process and then uh, current times or 1991 Mm-hmm. Where he's talking to the cops and just saying, like, I just wanted to lay with him while he was so fresh. Oh. And um, he also said this I thought was like very interesting that they put this in there. But and I don't know how true this is to reality, but he said that he thinks if he was able to dig up the body and lay with him, then he wouldn't have done the other stuff or like he wouldn't have killed other people. But like I don't understand. I don't see how that. I doubt that. Like, yeah, you would do that and then you would be like ready for the next thing. Yeah. I don't feel like that satisfies his need. That makes no sense. Um, back in 1991 there, yeah, they're talking about why he wanted to dig that up and everything. Um, and what made him think to do that. And he said he wanted someone to want to see the same movie he wanted to see. <laughs> And this, and that this was the one thing in his life that he could control because everyone was always controlling him. Um, what? Yeah, no like, one was controlling you. Um, no, you, you had, you had you free did, reign of your whole life. Yeah, you did. You made these choices yourself. Um, they asked him about Stephen Hicks, um, and Jeff said, "Who was that? The hitchhiker?" Because I don't know their names most of the time. Okay, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. Um, so yeah, clearly he's like very disconnected from these people, but he ended their lives. So, I mean, (sighs) and he said that both Stephen Hicks and Stephen Shumi, which were the first, um, two killings, which is interesting that their names are both Stephen, um, were both accidental. And then, um, they ask like, what, what changed to become, for it to become purposeful (laughs) in your next ones? Yeah. And Jeff was like, huh, both Steves. Just like, oh. <laughs> like unbelievably like. He's just so like has such a flat affect. Like, yeah. huh. Like, oh, oh. that's funny. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it is interesting, but that's that's the rea- that's the only reaction you have to what you've done. Yeah. Okay. Fucking hell. Okay, sir. Um. So then he basically said that he started drinking more by himself and starting to feel more and more alone. And then that's when he started picking people up more at the bars. And then since he wasn't allowed in the bathhouses anymore, then he started bringing them to grandma's. Like, as you do, he would bring them down to the fruit cellar, strangle them because he didn't want them to suffer. Um, How sweet. How kind, what a young man! Yeah, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was like rough to see 
that this was happening in his grandma's house. That is so, I don't, wild. Like, that is absolutely insane. Um, And, like, just... Just right under her nose. Yeah. Literally, she could smell it. Yeah, literally. God. Oh. Ugh. Gosh, so disgusting. Um, yeah, he like they this one scene. He's like fully naked, laying on top of another of one of his victims, like strangling him to death. Um, and then laying on top of him, like they like he keeps just wanting to like lay with these people and be as close as possible. And it's like, why don't you just like be a normal human and like make a human connection and then you can cuddle with someone all the time. Well, like, I don't know. Why I don't know. That so impossible for him. Oh God. I know. I don't know. It's very, I don't know. I, there's no words. It's just like, I can't even make sense of it. Like, when you want someone alive, like to do things with, and they're warm and they're cuddly. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I prefer a corpse. Okay. Yeah. Like, he wanted that, he wanted human connection. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he was like he craving. Didn't want people to leave. Yeah. But, like, he didn't, ugh, he didn't want a live human connection, which is just like, what? It's yeah. Very weird. Um, The police ask how many he killed at grandma's house. He said three. And then he said like, he was like, one was black eye. One was a Chicano. One was, I forget what else he said, but like they were all people of color. And then he said, it's about if he thought they were beautiful. And then the black cop who was like questioning him was like, dude, what the fuck? You're targeting your victims, Mm -hmm. which he, I mean, hundred percent was. Yeah. I mean, he evident, like obvious. I can't remember when they say, but like that he moved into the an apartment complex, like in a like lower socioeconomic area of town that where there happened to be a lot of people of color. And like new I mean, he was just playing on the fact that like police don't pay as much attention, you know, oh, like they just not. don't Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't um, in the news, and that comes up later too. But it's just like, yeah, duh. Like he's not an idiot, right? Right. Like this was intentional. Um, and yeah, so he was able to hide all the bodies from his grandma in this cellar, um, because she didn't like going down the stairs, um, that were led to it. Um, which I guess she would just like probably higher risk of falling. Um, but she did notice the smell. Like, no shit. Um, And then he started triple bagging the body parts and throwing them in the trash. Like, just just in the trash. It doesn't make any sense. Because, like, I guess, I don't know. You would think they'd pick up the trash and, like, throw it out. Like, maybe notice a smell. But maybe, I guess, it was, like, hidden by all the other garbage. I don't know. But you would think... That someone would notice that, like even when you like throw it away in landfill or whatever. But then it'd be really hard, I guess, to probably trace that back to where it came from. Yeah, it just seems like murder one hundred and one. Like 
You don't throw someone in the trash because it seems like the obvious place to check. Like at least, I don't know. It just seems crazy that he just didn't give a fuck. He was like, whatever. Garbage. Just got to throw him in the garbage. That is like so – he's just so disrespectful. I mean, he's more than that, but it's just (laughs) – He's it's, way more than that. Disrespect- but. He's a disrespectful person. <laughs> but like, <sighs> it is. It's just like a a human body just disposing it in the garbage. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to even wrap yeah. my mind around that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just in the trash. Um. And he also dissolved bodies in acid and boiled the parts so the flesh would come off. And as he's telling the cops that, <laughs> I was laughing at this. He was like, <laughs> just like mid Can I just get the electric chair, you think? <laughs> they just I ignore mean, him. <laughs> like, mm. yes. I mean, or actually, I mean, you should be tortured, but that's another. Yeah. It shouldn't be quick for you, Jeffrey. No. Fuck you. Um, he said his compulsions had taken over completely. Um, and he said that he's not insane because they asked him, like, did you ever hear voices? And he was like, no, I'm not insane. Like, my compulsions just took over. It got easier with time. Um, and he said his grandma started to suspect something but but didn't know what he was doing. Um, and then she did see – guys that he brought home come home like come well come I guess never go because they were all dead in her basement um but I think for her it seems like a big part of it was just not wanting to accept that he was gay so she just ignored everything yeah which is (sighs) I mean that's just like a whole other topic obviously we say that every time um she kept asking about the smell he would blame it on his taxidermy Mm -hmm. Um, and a dead raccoon that was in the back, like stuck underneath a porch or something. Um, and then he just goes, don't worry. It'll smell a while then it'll stop. Like (laughs) it'll stop. Stop. (laughs) Like, ew. Okay. Like that's not an acceptable answer. Like, no, if there's a dead something under my house, like we are going to remove it now. Yeah. and um, like yeah. she never called anybody or to or to come and help cuz i guess she probably suspected something but maybe she just felt protective over him too and didn't want him to get into trouble for something yeah it's hard to I say like what she knew or what she thought mm-hmm. because the smell and the excuses and obviously his rage and criminal record like you gotta, I mean, maybe she didn't think he was murdering people, but like she had to think there's something mm-hmm. weird. Oh, totally. Totally. There, there was something going on. <laughs> um, yeah. The dad and his dad ended up like, I think she called him instead of calling, you know, the authorities like to come check out what was going on in the basement. Cause she couldn't go down there. And, um, he was like, this smells fucking terrible and noticed um, like melted flesh or just like whatever the hell it was, like tissue um, on the floor and in the drain. And Jeff was just like, it's one of my experiments, like what you taught me. It's like, what? No. Thanks, dad. 
Yeah. So disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. He, his dad was like, you need to stop. You're freaking your grandma out. So he was like, okay, I promise. So he did stop. Um, actually murdering for a little while um and then he said that he started getting par- like as soon as he stopped he started getting more paranoid that he was going to get caught but then he noticed oh my god there's no stories about missing people on the news and i'm getting away with it and then like the black cop is like and why do you think that is <laughs> you know like yeah you're targeting your victims um and then he said i really did screw up and then it launches into the story um about the guy that got this away kind of is so crazy to me this part yeah. um yeah so he met this guy on the street who was like his car was dead um and so he offered his ron um to come back to his grandma's house and like and then he'll they'll drive him back help him jump his car like and ron was like oh yeah sure thank you so much um and then he comes into the house and then Jeff does his thing where he starts like wasting time, like trying to find his car keys and like convinces Ron to sit and have a coffee. Um, even though the guy's like, I just want to go home. Like, I just, can you just get your keys? Like, blah, 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 blah. Like he does not want to be there. He can tell like something's up and, um, then Jeffrey drugs his coffee. So, yep. Um, and then the grandma wakes up and she actually like goes down the stairs cause she's like, Jeff, do you have someone here? And he's like, <laughs> we're leaving or whatever. And, um, actually goes he's downstairs. Like, go back to bed. <laughs> we're fine, grandma. <laughs> so awkward. Dude, what? Yeah. And so oh she God. comes down and doesn't listen to him. Says fuck you. I'm coming down to see what's happening. Um, sees him like completely like out of his mind. You know, he's just like laying on this, sitting on this chair. Like you can tell he's the meds or the halcyon is really taking effect. Um, but she's like, what the hell? And Jeff just says he's drunk. He's super drunk. So she's trying, he's trying to help him. Um, and the grandma starts asking a ton of questions saying that she should, t- he should take him to the hospital. And I don't want uh, – she says, I don't want some strange man dying in my house. Oh, the irony. <laughs> oh, the irony. Um, threatens calling his dad. And then she just, like, is adamant that she is going to sit right next to him um, overnight and watch watch him and make sure he stays alive. And, like, Jeff keeps saying, like, if you are so worried about him, why don't you take him to the hospital? Or, like, da 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 And, like, <laughs> she's just – and it's because he's a person of color. Like, it boils down to that. Like, if you're really so worried about him, why don't you, like, actually do something? But her thing was, well, I guess I'll just sit here just in case. <laughs> yeah. I, but he, like, him and his tantrums, it's, like, it's so funny. Like, it's interesting, like, the way that they portray him. I wonder mm-hmm. how accurate it is. It is. Sure. But he, the way that, like... Evan Peters plays him. It's just like it's almost like a child, like like the way that he bounced on the wall and this is fucking unreal. This is unfair. Like the way that he like snaps into like this rage. But like 
it's like a childlike mm-hmm. reaction, but over something he's not getting his way so that he like he wanted to like chop up this person. It's like it's yeah. so bizarre, all of his reactions and yeah. It is. Um and then Ron wakes up in the morning, like kind of. He opens his eyes, but he's still extremely um, under the influence of the drugs. And then Jeff and the grandma take him to the bus stop. Um, and then Jeff puts the kid on the bus. And he has no idea where this kid lives. Just puts him on the bus, um, puts some coins in, and then and then he's and then the bus driver's like where does he live? And he's like, oh yeah, he lives up. I don't know. He said he made something up. And then the bus driver's basically like, we don't go that way. And he's like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like he's at the end of the line. And then the kid just like is on, the poor thing is on the bus, like eyes rolling back in his head, like can barely, like doesn't know what's happening. And then the bus driver has him get off at the end and he like gets off almost gets hit by a car crossing the street and then is in a cornfield and where he collapses. Yeah. He, and then he wakes up and he's at a hospital and he's like, what the hell? And they tell him he overdosed and he was like, uh, no, that is not what happened. Um, goes and talks to the police and he's talking to a white cop that doesn't believe him or take him seriously. Um, they give him, he gives, him Jeff's name and everything yeah. like tells him where like says I know where he where we he lives where his grandmother lives like um and they um go and question Jeff and Jeff just says Ron was really drunk and fell asleep on the chair um another time where he should have been arrested they should have I mean I know it's like you have to have a search warrant and everything like that but they just took the word, word of a white man over the word of a black man. Yeah. Why don't you look at the talk screen that they did at the hospital and see that he wasn't just drunk, that there was something in his system. Yep. Maybe well, they take a gander like, at that. Oh, yeah. You're a druggie. Like, just assuming. Yeah. The, and, yeah. And the policeman goes when he's back, when they're at the station, like, you should know being arrested doesn't suddenly make you guilty of everything. <laughs> When he had never been arrested before. He's like, yeah, I've never been arrested. Just because I'm black doesn't mean that I've been arrested. Like, absolute (laughs) fucking bullshit. Blatant racism. Yeah. And Um, then, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Then Ron, like, ends up seeing Jeff, like, I don't know how long later, like, trying to take some other guy from the club, like, into his car. And he ends up, like saving that guy and they have like a like a yelling match like in front and (sighs) yeah that's crazy i wonder Mm -hmm. if that's accurate too oh alexa off hold on let me just turn my crock pot to low okay um then it's the next scene and it's showing a drugged asian boy leaving jeff's grandma's house and he's staggering clearly yeah clearly he's been drugged um stumbles into his home where he lives with his family and they're pissed because he probably has been gone for several hours um he probably came home really late and they were gonna like 
yell at him and punish him. But then they realize like he's drugged and barely responsive. It's amazing. He was even able to make it home. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jeff is arrested, (laughs) which is like, oh, this should have been the end. No. Um, He's arrested at work at the chocolate factory Mm -hmm. (laughs) for um, sodomy, I guess, against a minor. They let him off super easy because of his whiteness Um, again. And they said, the judge said, you are not the kind of guy that belongs in the correct correction system you need a second chance what does that even mean you're not the kind of guy because he's white (laughs) it's like shocking yep i mean it's not shocking but i I wish things were like oh yeah it's crazy i mean the whole system failed these victims as well and it's like still like that absolutely just talk about it more but it's horrible Mm mm-hmm um, um, he grants him work release so he can go to work and then go to jail. Um, some capitalist shit right there. Um, and in the courtroom, you can see the 14-year-old boy that Jeff later murders. And then that's when you kind of put the puzzle pieces together that they are the brothers. And that's who um, – I forget what his name is, the little – the 14-year-old. Um, Conorak. Yeah, Conorak. That's who he was talking about in the first episode. He was like, remember you – like molested my brother mm-hmm. and jeff's like what i don't know what you're talking about so that was kind of crazy putting that together yep mm-hmm. so sad um and yeah so yeah he gets sentenced and whatever but he's able to go have dinner at his grandmother's the night before that Jeff, night before he goes to jail, like, okay. So he has dinner with his grandma, Lionel, and Sherry, his stepmom. Um, and Lionel really wants that childhood box that he gave him that Jeff put a head inside of. Um, <laughs> and like, he's like adamant about getting it back. And like, Lionel like follows him upstairs to watch him, um, whatever, give it back to him. And it's locked. And Jeff's like, I can't find the key. Um, (laughs) And so Lionel goes to get a tool to open the box because he thinks there's like gay stuff or whatever the (laughs) fuck they call it, like hiding in there. Um, And Jeff ends up locking him out of the room to unlock the box and remove the head before giving it back to him. So like there's all these damn like near misses. And it's just like... Like, to like, oh, if you had just stayed with him and like cracked it open or something, like you would have known. Yeah, brought the box with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, that would be horrifying to find as a parent. Oh my gosh. But yeah, you wish. Wow, I wonder what would have happened. Like, would he have turned his son in? Like, I am curious about what would have happened if he where to find the head. Um, I guess we'll never know, but yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then on the drive home, it's Lionel and Sherry and he's like crying and he's like, did I do this to Jeff? Like, did I make him this way? <laughs> and like to an extent, yep, you definitely are like responsible at least partially. Um, And then he starts having these like flashbacks. So it's showing Jeffrey getting kicked out of the army and he's like, 
you know, why'd you get kicked out? And then Jeff, it just says Jeff was like, I don't know. They said I drink too much, but then it's kind of insinuating like he was lying about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like questioning him about the mannequin. And he's like, dad, it's not a big deal. Da, da, da. Like just deflecting, deflecting, mm-hmm. questioning him about exposing himself at the fair. And he's like, oh, I was just peeing and <laughs> questioning why. And if he molested that boy and he was just like, no, I didn't. Like I was just taking pictures. It was a setup. And every time he's, he's choosing lies. to believe the lies, yeah. I mean, I don't know that in his heart he's truly believing him, it's just in but denial. I think he feels like, yeah, he doesn't have another choice and yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, totally in, in denial. Then it flashes to the, the trial of after he got arrested for all the murders. Um, and it shows Connor X dad, um, who is also the, obviously the father of the boy that Jeffrey molested. And it's like this heart wrenching testimony, but he's trying and he can speak English perfectly fine. Like I could understand him, but because, um, he was speaking with an accent, they didn't take him seriously and they're racist as all fuck. So, um, they made his son come up and like translate for him. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just so sad and like, clearly they see the the value of their lives as less of the value of Jeffrey Dahmer's life. And it's pretty evident, um, in that courtroom. Um, and then Lionel writes a letter to the prison to try and get him some alcohol intervention because he thinks that, this that's why he's doing all this like no and he's not i mean yeah of course you can get alcohol in prison but like not like easily i don't know not like i know from personal experience it was weird how he was harping on that so much yeah um he's released a year later and then lionel asks if he got any help with the alcohol he said he was like all vague and like what a weird like he always is he was like with the alcohol or like you know talking about what's going on inside and and jeff was like no like they left me alone that was the best part um and then lionel like tells him to go get the car turned on i'm gonna go to the bathroom and then he's like crying and he's emotional he i think he just kind of saw this as the last chance at um getting him help Mm -hmm. but and he's also realizing like fuck like I suck as a parent like I I really blew it like I my son can't even he can't talk to me and he can't talk to anyone like like he's kind of a lost cause and I think that's how he sees it um it shows Jeff getting his own apartment after his release um and then it shows the person who we find out in the next episode is Tony going into his apartment and I wrote, my life is about to be ruined watching this episode again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, actually, I was like, I was so upset. Yeah. This episode, episode six is, it's so rough. Yeah. Um, And also interesting. Oh, like, okay, so. The, it starts with the, a baby being born and he's given antibiotics at birth for pneumonia, which causes the ototoxicity, which why is that's interesting? Like, cause that's something that like we are very mindful of in the NICU. So it's just, 
interesting to see that and he becomes deaf from it um so we learn out that this bb is tony um and yeah then it flashes forward to 1991 he is like tearing up the dance floor like you can just see like how he like it's cool that they show how he hears the music um like the just like the beats and like the vibrations like he can he can feel that um yeah and then they show him getting rejected from a guy because he's deaf. Um, he, like, has to write. Um, obviously, he can't hear what they're saying and probably is hard to read their lips because it's just, like, so much going on. But he has a notepad that he has to – that he, like, responds on. And the guy was like, um, I'm – like, just walks away. I was like, oh, okay. So rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, like, just the sweetest. I love how they it's the episode is just really creatively done. Like it's very like artful, I thought. And I liked mm-hmm. how they flashed between hearing and then it would be complete silence and you would have to read the subtitles so you could even just like try to yep. imagine um mm-hmm. what it's like to be deaf or like from Tony's point of view. So I thought that was really creative. Um yeah. and I I'm not like a big dancing with the stars person, but I was watching like the first episode and there was a guy on there who's deaf and it's true like how they feel the vibrations in the floor so they're able to like dance to the beat from the vibrations which I think is like yeah it's so cool I thought that was amazing Mm -hmm. um that's just a side note but in this episode they focus a lot on who Tony was as a person like giving so much background on him um his family his goals his hobbies friends hopes dreams like it just makes you like fall in love with him as a person and he had like the sweetest most supporting loving family um and he really wanted to move to the city to become a model so he did and his mom was really worried about that but um you know it let him do it um and it's they just showed his struggle with him being deaf and judged and treated differently because of his disability um and showed that also like he would find get a job or whatever and the photographer would be taking photos of him and like wanted to hook up but he was like looking for love and not just flings and was like really confident about that and confident about communicating that which i was like that's amazing because a lot of people are not that are nowhere near as sure of themselves as he was. So yeah, yeah. So then he meets Satan at the gay bar. I wrote he met Jeff at the gay bar, um, and they're dancing together and like having a grand old time. It shows Jeff is about to drug him, but decides against it because apparently Jeff really likes Tony, and he tells him that asks him to come home with him and Tony doesn't at first you know he says he needs to earn it and then it shows this relationship and this friendship with Tony mm-hmm. which um I you know I've thought about it for a while and like watching it the second time and also I'll I'll tell you at the end too about like the tapes that I, I watched mm-hmm. a little bit of but like I wonder if this is like supposed to be taken as fact or if this is Jeff's hallucinations of like thinking he has this relationship with this person um like 
you know how they show the mm-hmm. hallucination earlier of like Jeff and the kid, like he was going to kill that kid with the baseball bat, the runner. And then it shows the kid coming home with him and it's a really short hallucination, but he's like having a beer with him and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so lonely. I'm so happy to have you here. So I kind of wondered if a lot of this episode was that because it does seem kind of strange that he was able to just be like normal enough to have a friendship with someone mm-hmm. at this point after all of the murdering that he's done and yeah everything. And yeah, and we can talk about yeah, the reality of it at the end too. Yeah. Um, um and then it shows Lionel and Sherry come to see his apartment. Um, you know, it shows it like super clean, organized. Um, you know, putting on this front that he's a changed man, saying he stopped drinking as much and thanks his dad for sticking with him and really promises that things are turning around. Um, tells him he got a promotion, has a new friend in his life and that he's really happy. Um, and grabs, I mean, I think he grabs his parent them like drinks out of the fridge and there's literally like body parts in there i'm pretty sure um but he like is so sneaky that he just doesn't i mean he only is the one that ever goes into his fridge he never lets anyone else in it if anyone's ever come over um at least that they've shown us but yeah just like really deceiving his family (laughs) as always Mm -hmm. um then tony eventually does come back to the apartment with jeff Jeff considers drugging him again, doesn't, and then they play a creepy-ass game that Jeff made as a kid with animal bones, and it's so stupid. It's like, it's only created so that Jeff can win. It's like, oh, if your guy gets close enough, too close to mine, then, and then he, like, could smack the other bone out of the way, and you disappear into the vortex, and he gets all nasty when Tony's like, but Why? <laughs> like literally Jeff's why like, because that's the rules like of course childish like anger again coming out Just uh, throwing a tantrum always uh-huh. um, and then they play and tony like grabs his hand when jeff's about to like knock his piece off and that's like some symbolism about how he's teaching jeff to be a different man which is bullshit mm-hmm. obviously <sighs> um then the next morning Tony like leaves in a hurry for work, like promising he'll come back. Like he's just telling Jeff, like, I'm not going to leave you. Like, I will come back. I promise I'll be back in a week. Um, naturally, I mean, Jeff hates people leaving him. Um, so he starts panicking, like finds, was it a hammer? Was it a knife? I can't remember. Um, bloody hammer yeah grabs his hammer and like is holding it behind his back and so clearly is like going to murder him but tony like convinces him that he's gonna come back um and then he's able to leave and you're like so happy for a second you're like oh my god does he like really get to leave and then he realized i forgot his keys and came back and then we have to say goodbye to Tony. Um, oh, God, I fucking can't. I hated that so much. Like, it, like, I get why they did it that way, but, like, you think he's able to get away and, like, you're so happy and then, like, your life is ruined two seconds later. It's, like, the least the show could do is at least have one, 
one episode to kind of focus on to show that like everybody that Jeff killed obviously had a life and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. loved and had friends and had a family and like deserved to live rather than it just focusing on him. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, Tony's mother files a police report to report him missing. Police officer is yet again a dick. Um, He's like, oh, maybe he just ran away. He asks about drug abuse and gang violence. And she already told him, like, he's a good boy. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Like, he's deaf and, like, the best. I don't know. They just, they just don't yeah. care. <laughs> nope. Um. Um, she organizes a search party for him. Jeff shows up. Um, seems on brand. Of course he does. Him. Jeff drinks a million beers and throws a tantrum. <laughs> um, and then he begins calling phone numbers found on the IDs of the people he's killed. And that was kind of interesting. I was like, one, I don't know what the motive of that was. Maybe like in a drunken somewhat mm-hmm. of a guilt. He was just saying like, are you the sister of blah, blah, blah? And then would be like, yeah, who the fuck is this? And he's like, stop looking for him. He's gone into the vortex like just weird shit yeah like imagine getting that phone call it's so creepy yeah um so yeah then it flashes back to jeff and tony and he's like they're holding hands with tony's corpse and it's just like you literally had that in real life like alive like he liked you Um, and then it shows a heart-wrenching scene um, of Tony's mother talking with Tony um, and then flashes to her sitting in the same spot crying, um, looking at where his seat was or where he would have been seated. And then, um, ugh. Mm. Ugh. No. Like, just like got like nauseous. Oh, okay. And then it flashes to Jeff cooking and eating a piece of Tony. Um, and that is all I like physically just got ill, <laughs> but it's just so disturbing. And that yeah. is that episode. We didn't go into as much detail because again, life ruining. Um, but yeah, the, article or something that i read said there we there wasn't like a ton of evidence that they were having an actual relationship mm-hmm. um but i don't know what did you see on the tapes um so on the tapes they were talking i guess he killed two tonys first of all two stevens and two tonys um and most common would, names of I guess 1970 <laughs> um, or the 60s, I guess in like 1960 when he was born. Um, and I was confused at first because they start talking about the first Tony and it was saying like all this stuff about him and they were saying like that he was pursuing modeling and all this stuff, but they never mentioned him being deaf. And I was like, I was like, that's, I was with Becky watching it and I was like, that's because she hasn't seen the like Dahmer series. Sure. She was just watching the tapes. And I was like, that is so weird because there's a whole episode on Tony and it's very much focused on the fact that he's deaf. Like that's a huge 
part, I was like, that would be a really weird thing to make up. Right. And I was like mad about it for at first. And then like later on in the episode, it mentions another Tony who was deaf and it has his that picture that we know of like his missing person report and everything. Um, and it says like he was deaf and like – and then it was saying that – it said something about – I forget how they worded it. But it made – the impression I got, it made me feel like it wasn't a real relationship. It, it said – he said something like I wanted to keep Tony around because I wanted a relationship with him. But I don't – they didn't really go into like too much detail. But that's what also made me wonder. I was like I wonder mm-hmm. if – any of this was like real or like, I mean, obviously I'm sure it was exaggerated, but the way that the show portrayed it made it seem like it was like going on for maybe a month or something. Like they were hanging. Yeah. And I think I'm, I like vaguely remember this article or video that I watched that was like the, his, Tony's family had no idea who it was, but then they thought he told them something about like a Jeff that was going to take pictures of them or like some new boss that, had hired him but hadn't paid him yet like he was still waiting to get paid and so they thought that that might have been him like paying him for pictures but um but there's no like real evidence that they yeah had a relationship okay so could very absolutely be like just dramatized um for the show so i also wonder if they combined the two tonys yeah Maybe in a way, but then I'm like, that kind of sucks because it's not right. really honoring a real person. It's it's just like putting, oh, they're both named Tony and they're both black and they're both victims of Jeff. Just make them one character, which is kind of disrespectful. I don't know if that's true. I would have to look into it more, but um, just a thought that I had. Let me see if I can find anything. Okay. Um, Tony Hughes is his name. Um. And she's pretty upset. Naturally, she, like, doesn't understand how they were able to recreate this. Like, it's such a difficult part of their lives. And to see it on screen. Yeah. Oh, the sister. Okay. The the mother and, like, how they just, like, use their names and everything. Um, And they didn't ask, right? No. Oh, that's Um, wild. Okay, so it shows, yeah, obviously it depicts a romantic relationship between them. Um, There's no real-life indication of that actually happening. Um, And some sources have claimed before that Tony's mother mentioned her son had found a new job two weeks before his murder. And Tony apparently told her his employer's name was Jeffrey. And that's pretty much all we got. So, yeah, like clearly a dramatized uh version just to make i mean not as if we didn't have like sympathy for these victims and their families before but it like ruins you yeah even more (laughs) i don't even know how it's possible but it does so forewarning watching that episode yeah and that's episodes five and six Yay. Now we're over halfway. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, two more recaps to go. Mhm. And um, I guess that'll finish the first week of November. Is that right? Let's see. What is time? How the fuck? 
I don't yeah. want it to be November. I want it to be October forever. I know. I love I I can't believe it's already October 18th and like we're starting to figure out what we're going to do for Halloween and if we're going to I mean, Dan and I have also never dressed up together. Oh, really? Which is upsetting to me because I love Halloween. Me too. Um he doesn't really care. Eric's the and same so- way. I told him, I was like, we have to do something this year. We So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. But uh, I only have a couple – I don't have that much time. So I should probably I figure it out. And like, you know, Halloween stores and shit like start selling out of everything and then it's just like scraps. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I have like multiple costumes in the basement. Like I think if anything, I'll just be a scarecrow because I have stuff for it. But I all need like makeup. Like a, I want to do like a little nose and like yeah. a smile and stuff. But Scarecrow's easy to do for easy, sure. Yeah, I have some cute. overalls. They're not. They're like cute overalls. Uh, yeah, that works though. But plaid. I can just do that with plaid. Hey, and like get makeup. some draw. And now everyone, go do something positive. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Sorry for being a downer on your Thursday. <laughs> Hope you guys yeah. are enjoying your caps. <clears throat> um. Yeah, it's not it's not a very like fun fun one, but that's okay. Our next recap, like, we'll pick something I think. Yeah, more fun to talk a about. Like, lighter. Like reality TV. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll be more like juicy. and like we can like <clears throat> well like uh, I mean, Hannah and I have both already watched this entire thing, so we'll probably like watch it at the same time or something, yeah. and then record like not go ahead. So right. Um, because we already know what happens. And exactly. Yeah. Are but, trying not to spoil it, but it's hard sometimes. It is hard. But I mean, you really already know what he yeah. does. So. Yeah. It's not like a big mystery. It's a Google. A Google away if you don't already know. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, happy Thursday and um, stay tuned for our episode tomorrow um more murder more murder um and it this is like it's nikki related nikki yeah it's it's pretty horrifying um yeah two heavy hitters nice love it one positive podcast (laughs) (laughs) love it all right bye guys bye i feel like we got some good stuff in there maybe This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.